What? It's on and off the field. Oh my gosh. Has it been a week already? Already, wow. I just feel like we wait so long for football. Then when it's here, these weeks just Oh yeah. We're well, I guess you can't you can't even say we're a quarter through the season anymore. No, because we got thirteen more games. It's like a we're like like 3.99 the way through this season. Yeah, just a little bit extra. Not quite a quarter there. Yeah. I'm not good at fractions, obviously. I'm I'm, I'm here doing a, a sports podcast, not a math podcast. Oh. Let's calm down, everybody. Welcome to the award-winning podcast on and off the field with Durf and Dylan, now brought to you by Fast Track Cannabis Clinics of America and Grill Marketing on NSPN Next Gen Sports Media. This is episode 11 inside of season four episode 131 nice. how exciting 131 episodes of this crap <laughs> why, why do we keep coming back is there a reason i don't know am i missing something <sighs> oh good lord because it's fun i guess, i guess so you know i get to get all that football stuff out of me out of my system so i don't have to bother anyone else with it i don't have to Bug my family members and stuff. I just spew it all out for you people to listen to. Mm-hmm. Let's tell everybody how to floss so we can get this show really, really moving. All Flossing, right. of course, is follow, like, observe, subscribe, and share anything on and off the field related. This segment brought to you by the one and only Stefan Diggs. Derf, how, do, how, how can these people floss? Well, they can floss by follow, liking, observing, and sharing on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And subscribe to our YouTube and our Twitch channels, all by searching at OOTF Podcast. Make sure to click the link in the video description. That will take you to the new merch store and all of our social media and podcast platforms. Make sure to check us out on the radio. We air on Sound Machine FM every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But there's so much talent on the network for you to check out all week long. And last but not least, head on over to the Team Having Fun community on Facebook and Twitter to partake partake in the memes, live shows, and all that tomfoolery that goes on every day. Jeez, that's all of it already? You're fast. I'm quick, yeah. Getting getting proficient <laughs> at this. I mean, it doesn't change anymore. It's pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same, yeah. I mean, we could, I mean, after yesterday, we could take some of these social media platforms off here, but we won't. We won't. <laughs> I want to take one of the, at least one of them off so badly, but I can't yet. Not yet. I, I'm hoping that day comes one of these days, but we'll have to just live with it for now. There is one other thing that we need to announce. Yeah. Uh, we are. This podcast is part of Flagstick Golf now. Um, this little fancy ambassadors button here. You know, I've, I always see these ambassador things go around, you know, mm-hmm. like energy drink people do it and like other clothes companies do it, whatnot. So I normally just ignore it. But I uh-huh. saw this one. And I was just like, let me reach out to them. Let's yeah. see what they got. Let's see what I just want to hear what they have to say. So uh-huh. I messaged them and they told me, basically, if you're on the web, their website, you can click on their story. And they told me basically what it says here. They're They're new. They just have good quality, you know, shirts and gloves and hats and stuff like that. I have my own polo coming. I'll let you all know how good the uh, how good the polo is coming in here soon. Hmm. And then 
this is the part that really caught my eye, which is why I decided, like, really, like, I wanted to promote these guys. With every polo or quarter zip purchased on their website, they'll donate a shirt to different missions throughout the country on, you know, our behalf, the person who, you know, person who buys it. And then yeah. also, and he told me in the message also, if they have, like, damaged products, they always donate those as well. They don't throw them away. He told me that the message. Nice. And then also... They donate 10 meals to Feeding America with every purchase of a hat, glove, or towel. I mean. There you go. That's that's golf and business with a purpose right there. Absolutely. Oh, I guess I'll throw it back up there real quick. I'll show you the shop. I'll show everyone what they got. Look at this fancy stuff they got. Nice little, some polos. You got your quarter zips there. This ba- I have a quarter that look, basically looks just like that, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things I own. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some cool towels, all that, some nice hats with a little patch on it. I love that. Some cool T-shirts. Just if you were a T-shirt person, they got other kinds of hats, nice little fancy glove there, mm-hmm. some rain jackets even. And the prices on here ain't that bad. I've seen worse. Yeah. I mean, this this is pretty affordable stuff, and I'll let you know. I, my polo's on its way. I'm very excited. So, very nice. There you go. Flagstick golf, everybody. The link is in the description of this video. If you're on Facebook and YouTube, I don't think Twitch carries it over or Twitter. So, oh my gosh, people are here. Hi, yeah. Brandon. Team Durf more derf all the derf that sounds cool it is cool i'm gonna bastard everything he's brandon's just throwing those promo codes around like buy stuff so i get the five percent back fire in the chat for mr busby tj's in the house go raiders me and tj were talking about football a little bit earlier and where's the pie it's no longer a pie show it's a chocolate chip cookie show yeah that is the supreme dessert the supreme dessert Chocolate chip cookies decided by the fans through Absolutely. 60. What well, we started at 32 or 64? I think it was only 32. I think it was only 32. I don't 30. think we came up with 64 dessert. I don't even know 64 desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even I, could, I couldn't even tell you. Durf, they want to see all the derf. Oh. Wow, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> Hey, let's fly through some off the field stuff because we yeah. find, I, I almost forgot this was a thing. Uh-huh. I didn't forget, but we've been we've been very busy and reorganizing the show and doing all kinds of things. Right. But let's bring back our our off the field segment in full blast with NFL community MVPs. This is something that's def- decided by the NFL and mm-hmm. whatever organizations they have in the NFL. Right. And whoever gets the NFL community MVP award for that week whatever their foundation or charity is of that player that wins it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the NFL donates 10 grand to their foundation that comes with the award. Nice. It's either 10 grand or hundred grand. I'm pretty sure it's only 10 hundreds a lot. Maybe it's a hundred. Who knows? Who knows? So the week one, and you can always find all of these in depth at nflpa.com slash community dash MVP. That's where you can find this information at. I just kind of steal it from there. So to disseminate the information to you, what's up, Mr. Silence with the Lurk? Their podcast is going to go right after right after ours. They're actually nice. near the end of it. Um, so week one, Texans safety, Justin Reed 
was the first community MVP. In his home state of Louisiana, he raised over $10,000 in filling two 18-wheeler trucks with goods to help those impacted by Hurricane Ida. Uh, Justin Reed, along with fellow Texans Jeff Driscoll, Lonnie Johnson Jr., Whitney Merciless, Derek Rivers, and Max Sharping, they welcomed donors in the parking lot where non-perishable food, bottled water, toiletries, pet food, diapers, toiletries, and other household staples were delivered. Each person who contri- contributed received a voucher for two tickets to Houston's season opener on September 12th. Nice. I don't, I don't know how much of a reward that is to go to the Houston <laughs> football game. I mean, they did win that game. So. Oh, did they? They did beat oh, that's Jacksonville. Right, that was the Tyrod was still playing. Yeah, they still they still had a chance. So they they got to see their probably only win they'll get right. Good chance, yeah. Uh, did they have only one win still? They mm-hmm. they couldn't squeak out that second one. Okay. No, not not not, not this week. <laughs> right, and then I'll do week two, and then I'll let you take over on week three because week three is where, you know, you'll you'll thrive on week three. All right. So, so week two was Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen. And this is not the first time Adam Thielen has gotten this reward. Adam Thielen, um, he has a foundation. They have the Thielen Foundation, which has been around for years. Mm-hmm. And he's won this award multiple times because of his, you know, his, his charity that he does. Adam Thielen and his wife, Caitlin, donated more than 100K to replace the stadium lights at Brooklyn Center High School in Minneapolis, which was the alma mater for Adam Thielen. He's donated... Just from what I've read, I'll tell you now, uh, he's done a lot of work for that high school and surrounding high schools, but especially that high school, helping them, uh, you know, donating equipment and gear for the football teams and other sports, just really helping them out. Nice. Um, so they can go back to Friday Night Football with those lights. In 2020, the Thielen Foundation created its Change Through Sport program, which aims to help those in underserved communities by providing financial support, uh, sports equipment, and apparel so students can succeed on and off the field. Hey, where have we heard that hey. before? <laughs> when you get that trademark. <laughs> The initiative launched last September by donating seventy-five thousand in funds and equipment to Minneapolis area schools and nonprofits, including Robbinsdale Cooper High School, Northside Impact Fund, and Urban Ventures. This year, the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver donated new uniforms to the Detroit Lakes football team, giving his alma mater a much-needed upgrade. So, those are our first two, and then week three, the one and only week three, we have Bills wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. You know, a new wide receiver to the Bills here. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Make an so early like, impact in his Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what we need to see. Uh, so Emmanuel Sanders swooped into his his new team city at Buffalo by relaunching his foundation in support of kids from financially disadvantaged families with a personal $20,000 donation and visiting with the students of visiting with the students at the Harriet Ross, Harriet Ross Tubman School. Originally launched in 2017, while Sanders was in Denver, uh, the Emmanuel Sanders Foundation has a mission to provide children that come from financially disadvantaged backgrounds with the resources and support to reach their full potential and attain a better life. That same year, Sanders earned community MVP honors for the first time after hosting a two-week winter clothing book and toy drive for disadvantaged children in the Denver area. So... Great stuff coming from him, and uh, and then week four this past just this past week we got uh, some 49er action here. Uh, so 49ers defensive lineman Eric Armstead, um, behind his two hundred fifty thousand dollar investment, Eric Armstead is powering up Sacramento kids 
with the launch of Armstead Academy, an after-school enrichment program for K-12 students. On September 28th, Armstead greeted Sacramento students to announce his investment into his new academic program, which will provide tutoring, mentoring, and leadership development for the participants. Youth in his team city of San Francisco will also benefit through regional college tours and enrichment activities. Much of Armstead's, Armstead's charitable work is rooted in education, building off AAP's mission to ensure public school students have access to a quality education, regardless of their background or socioeconomic status. So far, the foundation has poured more than $500,000 back into his community, hosted more than 1,000 underserved youth at four free football camps, sponsored field trips, invited kids to hands-on career exploration opportunities, and raised $50,000 in funds to provide 350 Chromebooks, education kits, and prepaid internet service for student for students during distance learning last year at Sacramento's Mercy Housing. Man, you both both Eric and Emmanuel Sanders doing great work for schools. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. In, in that's, the youth. That's where, that's where it's at. Yeah, even Adam Thielen too. Jeez. Giving yeah. them, you know, get Adam Thielen giving them a boost in the sports department. Emmanuel Sanders just kind of helping all around and just, you know, yeah. giving them that and just going and visiting. And then Eric Armstead really just, I mean, look at that 250K investment just this year yeah. for K through 12 students, but over $500,000 put back in the community before. I and then I figured this much. <laughs> Siri, think, Siri figures as much too. Siri just loves all of this. He loves it. She loves it. I, whenever you like hear someone complain about how much money that athletes make, I, I would implore them before you complain too much, mm-hmm. go and look at what they're doing with their money. You know, not every yeah. athlete does this kind of stuff with their money, right. but a lot of them do. And that's what we tried. That's the whole, that's the whole purpose of the show of why it's off the field as well mm-hmm. it's the whole premise absolutely yeah Sorry, it's always like always good to to bring out the uh the, the good that we see in football i mean we see great things on the field but it's really the off the field stuff that makes these teams you know really worth rooting for so it's always good to see that you don't have to look hard for this stuff we like we just said nflpa.com slash community dash mvp Mm-hmm. You can just follow along. We'll bring it to you every week. If we don't have another guest on or something else to highlight, this will be what we what we basically <laughs> fall back on. Right. But but just being able to highlight this on the show is great. Mm-hmm. But you can also just you can find this information out for free. Just hit just just hit the Google button. Yeah. Supports free expression of women sounds like an MVP to me. What? Who was that? I don't know. Who was that? Is that Kyler Murray? Oh, MVP, Kyler Murray. Let's talk about that in a little while. <laughs> Love me some Durf. Jay is in the house. What's going on? Urban Meyer for uh, Urban Meyer for Coach of the Year. Let me tell you that right now. Oh, oh we got TJ back here, John Gruden for Coach of the Year. Oh, started out strong. He's fading, fading. Be careful there. But that's Urban Meyer. Normal. Urban Meyer, Coach of the Year, baby. He's he's really doing some he's doing he's grinding in the off the field section, man. Let me tell you. Off the field, he is grinding. <laughs> he is he is grinding out there. 
really yeah something like that something like that <laughs> <laughs> oh god man all of this stuff that's coming out about urban if we want to like this is still off the field technically just a different kind of off the field yeah i mean he's literally coach of the year for a new team that's what he's that's what he is he's not gonna make it through the season is he I, I don't know. There's like there's controversy with like the, the owner. Like Shad Khan's not happy about this. He's like he's demanding like respect and like you know shape up or basically ship out, it seems like. And would not surprise me if we this is another incident where we see a college coach go to the NFL and just flop. So he's flopping hard right now. Yeah. This is this is embarrassing. Next coach for last chance, you. There you go, baby. <laughs> Urban Meyer just oozes sexuality. When I think of a sexual coach, I just, Urban Meyer's the first one that comes to my brain. Let me tell you. Either that or uh, Bill Belichick's son, the defensive coordinator there. <laughs> Steve Belichick. <laughs> That's what oh. I think of. <laughs> oh, the amount of TikToks that had that, that, that video in there is insane. <laughs> Oh my lord! Those two, top two, right there. Those two guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna make it through the season. The players don't uh, respect him. The players yeah. literally laughed at him because when he, he got up there and did his little his speech, and the players and the media they were literally laughing. I think it was Mike <laughs> Silver who had like a whole tweet train about this, and you know players were laughing after his speech. Yeah. Uh, he canceled Monday meetings because he was dealing with this whole thing and basically didn't like want to like he wasn't man enough to go in front of his own team on right. the next monday to deal with this so he canceled meetings did his little interview thing and then just like hope to hope this would disappear mm-hmm. oh boy yeah i get older and then they stay the same hey, hey, hey. was that matthew mcconaughey <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what movie is that that's the um, um I don't man. know. Oh it, <laughs> it's the same <laughs> one for me when he's in the car. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. I get older and they stay the same. Hey, hey, hey. Hey buddy, what's going on? Hit welcome to the show. All right. That's enough Urban Meyer talk. Oh, dazed and confused. There you go. There it is. I I knew I knew the name of it. Oh, it's just okay. on the tip of my tongue. I know what dazed and confused is, and I've seen it. I just couldn't think of it in the moment. But thank you for <laughs> Thank you, thank you for that. Appreciate you, boys. Let's talk about some uh, some football. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Want to want to talk about actual football here? Yeah. All right. So the Jaguars. No, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about the Jaguars. <laughs> that's, that's enough Jaguars for. We need to like a 15 minute break before we talk about the Jaguars again. <laughs> so, like we said last week, we have the new format. We're gonna be doing uh, for week four recast. We got the good, we yeah. got the bad, and we have the who cares. Mm-hmm. The, the games that kind of just happened and life will go on no matter who the winner or loser was in those games. Um, so we're going to start with the good, of course. And this is the, this is obviously good. It was good because we were at the game. It was good because it was a good game. Mm-hmm. And the only bad part was the weather, but it made for memories, which is still a oh, good yeah. thing. Yeah. So that game was the Texans. <laughs> well... The, the Bills were there. I don't think there was another team there. The Bills did show up. It was an imposter team wearing Houston Texans uniforms. 
Yeah, I think the local high school team accidentally like <laughs> jumped jumped the Texans and stole their unis. Um, but yeah, the Texans at the Bills, forty to nothing, absolutely dreadful. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what do you what do you what do you want to say for your team? I mean, what like this is what we expected. I mean, no, I don't think anyone woke up right. going, man, man, this is gonna be a close game between the Bills and Texans. Like, geez. um, I didn't expect well. You know, I always wanted this to happen. You know, another shutout for the year. Did not think it was going to happen. Um, but this just shows you that that week one game against the Steelers for the for the Bills was an absolute fluke. Um, you know, granted the Bills haven't played record wise as good teams, but this is what you expect out of a great team to do to a mediocre team. And there are other games that we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about here that. We, we don't see that, and that's concerning. This has got to be a front runner for you know taking that. I would, I'm I'm hoping the Bills get number one seed after the way, the way they played. Um, weather was definitely a factor. Run game helped. The Texans, you know, good luck to Davis Mills trying to figure out his rookie year because doesn't sound like, sound like Tyrod's coming back anytime soon. Um, he's got Davis Mills has a lot of learning to do. Um. Yeah, they weren't prepared for the Bills at all. Yeah, I think I think that's the worst. I think that's the worst part of the game mm-hmm. is the fact that Davis Mills looked absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I mean, I he's he's throwing passes that have no business mm-hmm. being where they are. And yes, it was raining, it's wet, but guess what? You're an NFL quarterback. Josh Allen was able to figure it out. Yeah. I'm not asking you to be Josh Allen. I'm asking you to score up, score some points at the very least. Yep. Like they they should have scored three points. <laughs> they should have scored three. <laughs> they decided to go on fourth down, like inside, like the ten yard line, because they knew the Bills were gonna point, gonna put up points. So they knew they needed to score a touchdown if yep. they want to at least try and keep up. So I give them, I give them credit. Yeah, Good, I mean, but take the points there. It was like early in the first quarter. Just take the points, get some momentum. And this, I, think, I feel like this is something that we're seeing with new coaches though too this year. Like we're we're seeing the same problem in Detroit. Like they're not taking the field goal points when that could help them be with only within one score of you know one score situations. And it's, it's for me, it seems like this the analytics are getting a little too fancy with these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to figure, oh, well, if you just go for it now, then you know, then you're better off later. But no, just get the points. Like the Bills had a, like four or five field goals because the Texans, you know, somehow slowed them down in the red zone. But I mean, granted, you take half that rain away we had on Sunday. I, the Bills, I say, put up 60. Like, there, there's there's more t- Josh Allen would have more control of the ball the receivers wouldn't be dropping the football they could break make better breaks on the field but yeah no it was it was I thought it was a great game to be there um this is just uh it's great to have a bills game bills team that's good it's just it's just exciting and yet relaxing at the same time <laughs> yeah sit back and enjoy because it, it's gonna it's yeah. gonna end one day All right, I'm will. going through that right now I'm watching the I'm watching the death of my team, and it'll happen for you one day again. It, it will. I'll, Every team sure. goes through it, so it's lots. It's so much fun as I sit here and cry. <laughs> but it is it is kind of funny because the next game we bring up is Seattle at the 49ers. 
Mm-hmm. Seattle somehow pulled off the win in that. Uh, Dylan coming with the Urban Meyer, you just got jacked. He's done. That's it. That's, that's the last thing he's got to say about that. <laughs> Urban Meyer's just got jacked. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that about analytics. Took the words right out of my mouth. Must have been while you What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. Wow, you did you head down to? Uh, I mean, Busby's in New York somewhere. He, he lives in New York. Uh, did you oh, take yeah. a take a field trip that I'm unaware of? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, just, I'm going to keep an eye on that relationship there. <laughs> the other Dylan. <laughs> the other Dylan. Yeah, you, you're cheating on me with another Dylan. God damn it, Durf. <laughs> it's even not even spelled the same. Oh my gosh, no. I'm, I'm offended <laughs> in on so many levels, oh. so many levels. Um, so yeah, Seattle beat the 49ers, and I was I was just blown away by the result of this game. And I'm pretty sure if Jimmy G didn't get hurt as much as probably our boy, our friend Danny boy <laughs> would disagree. If Jimmy right. G didn't get hurt, uh, I think the 49ers would win that game because Trey Lance did not perform well. He threw a touchdown, I believe, one or two touchdowns kind of near the end of the game, trying to make a comeback, but not enough time on the clock. Mm-hmm. But Seattle did absolutely dreadful in the first quarter. I mean, I think I think they went three and out on every single offensive possession in the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, they did score a touchdown, and then they scored 21 points in the second quarter. So they flip-flopped their thing. For Through the yeah. first three weeks, they couldn't do anything in the second half. They scored all mm-hmm. their points in the first half. This week... They didn't do anything in the first half and scored all the points in the second half. This well, is, they're finishing a game, so I guess that's good. But this is has this has been what the Seahawks have been for the past at least maybe three years. They're they do not play four quarters on offense <laughs> and defense. I mean, sometimes the offense plays like plays for four quarters, but the defense doesn't. You know, they take turns. Mm-hmm. You never see this team as a team. 22 players on the field play four quarters right. of complete football. I have not seen the Seahawks be able to do that in years. So, I mean, I'm still concerned about this team. They, they come away with the win. I mean, Dylan says, you know, Lance will only get better. Yeah, probably, but he's not going to get that chance yet because Jimmy G, they're saying he'll be back next week. Maybe. Had a chance to play Sunday, I guess, is what they're saying. His his calf contusion. His contusion. Contusion. <laughs> That's not fun to play with. That hurts. That does hurt. Oh, I'm sure it does. Well, they win. They're tied with the 49ers at two and two. Rams are at three and one. Cardinals are at four and four and zero oh in that division right now. So, <sighs> I don't know what to think. I'll tell you this though: Kirk Cousins threw an interception. So that means Russell Wilson is sitting atop the leaderboard with nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. And then your only other starting quarterback without an interception is Teddy Bridgewater with five touchdowns and zero interceptions. Interesting. And Tyrod Taylor is also three touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he's not a starter anymore. And then right. Trey Lance is also three touchdowns and zero interceptions, but he's not technically a starter yet, so we can't count him. Hmm. So it's just a battle between Russell Wilson and Teddy. Who's going to throw the first one? Could be Russell. I don't know. Teddy's out right now. So. Yeah, Teddy got a concussion. He a little concussed, yeah. It took a little boop on the head. Uh, our third game that we have 
is the Jaguars at the Bengals. I don't know why I threw this one in the good. Maybe because it was a close game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was just happy to kind of see Trevor Lawrence perform well. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only reason I put it in here. I mean, it sounds good to me because I, I feel like I watched the highlights on this game and the Bengals, Joe Burrow's kind of, he's clicking right now, which is good. The defense seems to be, you know, I would say above average. And, but Jacksonville is just like, they're starting to figure it out. What happens after this week? I, I don't know because of mm-hmm. the amount of off the field issues they have. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. It was definitely a lot better than what we could have seen, uh, for, for a primetime game between these two teams, um, and what we've seen in the past. So yeah, it was good for the, good to see uh, a close game between two young quarterbacks that are probably going to take over the league here. And I would say a couple years. I'm dying to know, maybe this is the other reason I put this game here is because, because I wanted to talk about the Jaguars team as a whole, which we already did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but which I guess this would fall under the bad then, but I guess guess it's good for Trevor Lawrence that we got to see him perform a little bit, but also good for the Bengals. I mean, they played on a short week, and yeah. we saw the Bengals' defense struggle in the first half, and then it's like, all right, they kind of clicked in for the second half. Mm-hmm. The Bengals' defense has performed well this season, and I'm happy yeah. with what they've done with what little players they have. I mean, their mm-hmm. their safety, which his name always escapes me. I have no idea why, but he's a top-tier safety in the league, top three, if not the best in the league. Um, the Bengals are doing good things, and we'll get to our picks later. And the Bengals are involved in those picks, at least for me. So, moving on to the next one, we got Washington at Atlanta. Oh, Jesse Bates, thank you, Busby. Uh-huh. He, this is why we have a live show so the audience can just fill in the blanks. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> oh, he also said, I don't understand how Lockett can just disappear. I understand the injury, but man, so I'm guessing he didn't do well for fantasy for you. That's just the Seahawks, man. That's why I don't draft Seahawks <laughs> players. I don't yeah. draft DK Metcalf. I'll draft Russell Wilson if given the chance, but he's the yeah, that's it. No one else. Yeah. Because the <laughs> game plan just changes. I look at DK Metcalf through the first two weeks. Like nothing. Zero points. Mm-hmm. Absolutely garbage. And then explodes in weeks three and four. Tyler Lockett yeah. disappears. It's just how it goes, man. And then there's always that one freak week where, like, Freddie Swain, our fourth wide receiver, like, he'll have three touchdowns. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. What happened to the other two guys? Like, well, they right. got covered, and we went to Freddie Swain. Like, it's just don't draft Seahawks players. <laughs> I mean, you'll get lucky here and there. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's almost like you have to streamline streamline them. If they have two good weeks in a row, pull them. Just get them out of your lineup because there's no way they're having three good right. weeks in a row. It's not a thing. I mean, you almost have to do it for the Bills now too, because they yeah. have so many so many weapons that they could. There's there's not a. I mean, you could say Sanders is dominant, but no, it's. I think it's a very similar situation to the Se- the Seahawks where they can all put up decent numbers, but you know it's week to week who puts up the best numbers and it's. That's a that's a headache every week in fantasy. And includes tight ends too. Dawson Knox, two yeah. touchdowns this week. I, I can almost I can almost hear the cries. I can hear the complaints now 
when Dawson Knox walks away next week with two receptions for 11 yards and people started him. They're going to go, what the heck happened? I thought he was good. Uh, oh, don't want to bog down the show too late. I don't want to bog down the show with all Seahawks talk, but is there anything to Collins getting work, just keeping Carson fresh, or is there a linking? No, there's no injury. Carson was just playing like trash. He had like six carries for six yards through like a quarter and a half. So they brought in uh, Collins. I love – I'm going to I'm gonna say something here in a second, but um, I, I love Collins, and he's basically just ta- – he's taken the RB2 spot from Penny. He's injured, but I think Collins has taken it now from Penny permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a great one-two punch because so, as soon as Collins got in there, he got nine carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Carson came in. He had a couple of good runs then, just changing up the pace of things. So they work great together. Um no one's going to believe me because I believe I even said this before I had a podcast because Alex Collins was drafted by the Seahawks at least four years ago, maybe even five years ago. Long time ago, the Seahawks drafted him in like the fifth or sixth round out of Arkansas. And I said, Alex Collins, this is the guy. He will be our next Marshawn Lynch. I love Alex Collins. I said that. And no one will believe me. That's fine. You don't have to believe yeah. me. Right. But then, you know, they kicked Alex, they, they kicked him to the curb after he was like was a practice squatter for a little while, you know, never really got a lot mm-hmm. of touches. And then he got kicked to the curb when Chris Carson got in town. Then he bounced around other teams. He played very well in Baltimore, probably made one other stop I'm not aware of. And now he's mm-hmm. back in Seattle and he's killing it. And he should stay here. If you have Chris Carson, that's fine. But the this is the one-two punch you're looking for. Tell Rashad Penny to kick rocks. It's Chris Carson and Alex Collins. That's the show now. Those two guys together, dominant run game. I'm not going to say it's the same as like, it's not on the level of uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, but man, I feel like it's probably like a top three combo and people are going to sleep on it. That's fine. Sleep on it. These two guys Mm -hmm. together can't stop them. Maybe that Devin Singletary, Zach Moss one too. Maybe that's top three. Zach Moss is coming alive this year. Yeah, yeah, it's very much more of a Zach Moss RB one and Singletary is his RB two. Yeah, he watched Singletary, his job disappear. Singletary is uh, is Robin to Moss's Batman. So, is that a hot take or is that kind of just like I feel like that's just kind of happening? People are that's, seeing that's it just kind of happening, and I just yeah. hope it continues to happen. I feel like some because I drafted Zach Moss as Singletary's handicap in some of my leagues, mm-hmm. and it, I've had him on my bench through the first three or four weeks, <laughs> I, I put him in my lineup now. It's like, shit, this, <laughs> this guy's scoring like 12 points a week, man. Like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> with with Singletary still there. Arkansas had a nice row in McFadden, Felix Jones, Jay Williams, and now Alex Collins. I'm telling you what, Arkansas can produce those running backs. We were talking about Washington and Atlanta. We were. Yeah. Did you watch <laughs> any of that game? There was like five, I think there was like what, five lead changes in this game. Yeah, the only thing I only thing I saw was the uh, the JD McKissick pass from Heineke, where he like leaped from like the four yard line to the end zone, and they, they, at first they called him out, and then they re- went back and reviewed it like for like fifteen minutes, and then said, "Oh no, it's actually a touchdown." But um, that was about all I saw. But this is concerning for me for Washington, the amount of lead changes we had here, because this is this is a defense that was top five end of last year all offseason and now they gave up 30 points to atlanta 
Like, yeah. what is going on here? It's crazy. The Giants put up 29 on them. I, I mean, I could go back. That's the one I always bring up because it's the Giants. Right. Um, I could go back, and I, I don't think they've allowed any. I, I think they've allowed over 25 points in pretty much all their games, if I'm not mistaken. I could be easily could be wrong, but. I thought week one, they only the Chargers only scored 20, but it's at least 20 plus. Which is still not Which very is, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they lost twenty to sixteen to the Chargers, thirty to twenty nine with the Giants, forty three to twenty one against the Bills, and now thirty four to thirty they beat the they beat the Falcons. Yeah, this defense is is dead. I mean, mm-hmm. it just yeah, that's what it is. And then obviously Cord Cordell score Dale Patterson <laughs> for the Falcons, three touchdowns out yeah. of nowhere. And then I saw that funny TikTok and. Some guy's audio just like who picks up Cordell Patterson in fantasy and puts him in an RB2 spot. Who does that? <laughs> he walks away with like 35 points. Who does that? <laughs> Nobody does that. Uh, 35 points later. Yeah. Carolina and Dallas. Carolina at Dallas. This was a close game. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened. I didn't rewatch this game or any highlights or anything. I'm not sure what happened because this game was really close for a while. And then I look up at the yeah. scoreboard and Dallas is up like two touchdowns. <laughs> well, Dallas's secondary kind of had a, had a had a good day here against yeah. Sam Darnold. Um, a Trayvon Diggs had a pick six. He's so, so good. So that uh, so that that helps there. You know, that's Stefan Diggs's brother. So you know, if it's down the family family tree here, but uh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, I really didn't catch much. Um, but you know, Dallas is, they're doing okay right now. And I, I don't have a complete faith in them. Um, because if you look at their schedule coming up, it, it's, it, they're going to stack wins. And then, you know, they don't have a, a, a tough game until I think week 11. So this is where, you know, Dallas might try to, you know, pull away in the division. Probably won't. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a close game. Um, I, I I still feel like this is good for Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, they they it's a it's their first loss of the year. So, I mean, it, it's always good to have that one. Um, you know, I want to see how Carolina bounces back. But other than that, yeah, it was a it was a good game. Yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold still threw for three hundred and one yards. DJ Moore, 113 of them. I mean, it's not like they had a bad day. Right. They just they only lost by a couple of points. Yeah. And they're going to follow up next week. Uh, they play Philadelphia. So, I mean, they could easily bounce back. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be that's not going to be a terrible, uh, terrible competition for them. The defense can step up. And then Dallas has the Giants as well. So both of them are going to carry next week and uh, probably be, probably be okay. I don't know if there's something to Tepper being the richest owner and trading for Darnold willing to take risks. I mean, Darnold's not a bad quarterback. It's just the Jets. Look at Zach Wilson. He kind of yeah. showed up last week. I mean, it's literally an organization issue, and Darnold got into a better organization, and look at what's happening. Yeah, with a defense. Like, yeah. with coaches. I mean, I, I didn't think it was a hot take that say that Robert Sala was going to be a bad head coach. I didn't think that was a hot take, mm-hmm. but apparently people thought he was going to be better than he is. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have the Bucks at the Patriots. Uh, the revenge game for Tom Brady. 
Gronk did not make the trip. He has like a billion injuries inside of his chest. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady played like garbage. Yeah, but he got. But the team got the win. He didn't even throw a touchdown pass. Mac Jones looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. But man, these field goal kickers suck. <laughs> the only reason I put this in the good uh, section was because you know Tom Brady got his revenge. He he yeah. now officially holds the passing yardage leading record with drew Brees retired no one's gonna break that for a while right maybe, maybe ever who knows i don't know but he holds that record now and that's why i put it there this could mm-hmm. easily have been bad though oh absolutely with these field goal kickers and tom brady's performance horrible yeah oh yeah and the fact that the the bucks defense let mac jones score 17 points is concerning that pass um, rush was not there. Yeah. At like, all. Like, what is going on? Like, is this where we're seeing the Bucks, you know, their retention of all their players backfiring? Like, I, I that's that's the way I see it. Um, you know, granted, grant they have a bunch of injuries on this in secondary, but like maybe the retention wasn't the best idea now. I don't know. It's weird to say that though. Right. When you retain it, it your entire weird. team, like, why would that be a bad thing? But right. yeah, the pass rush seems to be just, it's not there at the same level it was last year, mm-hmm. which is, you know, in turn, with the amount of injuries they have in the secondary, is creating a lot of issues. Because if you're not going to get to the quarterback and they're going to pick apart that secondary and they're going to lose games. Yeah. And that's why they lost last week. Like they literally them. had Richard Sherman playing yeah. for them at corner because they're so depleted. Yeah, and he's not good anymore. I mean, no. I mean, I I don't know <laughs> why anyone would think he was going to step in and like give Mac Jones problems. Like <laughs> he hasn't played. He he <laughs> barely played last year. Yeah, uh, down the stretch, and then he's starting this season late. No off season with any teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the defensive game plan is different, but that's it. Probably is a little different. He's probably never he's never played in it before. Right. What a mess. What a mess. Carolina drafting all defense last year was unconventional as well. Yeah, the year before, absolutely, it was definitely unconventional. But I loved it. Matt Rule, his first season there, he has a seven year deal. He mm-hmm. says. I'm going to build this team defensively. I'm going to make this team an issue and just, I'm going to draft seven, eight players. I want them all on the field (laughs) starting and they're going to get to know each other. They're going to know this playbook together and it's panning out great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, Matthew Judon still the most underrated player in the league. Is he though? I don't know. When he was with the Ravens, he was like one of the most talked about defensive ends. They talk about him all the time. I don't know. I don't know if he's the most underrated player in the yeah. league. I don't know about that. Hot take. Hot take. That's okay. <laughs> um, we have two very. We're moving on to the bads. We're running out of time, mm-hmm. but you know, naturally, yeah. Busby's derailing <laughs> us, which is fine. Keep 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 it up. Keep it up. You're. I'm loving it. Uh, the bad is New York football. And it's not really bad for New York football. It's bad what that they did to other teams and for gamblers mm-hmm. and people making picks. You mm-hmm. know. Bad. Naughty. Don't know. <laughs> the Giants had Stop no it. business beating the Saints in overtime 27 to 21. 
and the Jets sure as hell had no business beating the Titans 27 to 24 in overtime. Granted, Titans kicker missed the field goal to tie up the game, mm-hmm. but still, you lost. They didn't have AJ Brown. They didn't have Julio Jones. They were they were depleted, but it's the Jets. Yeah, like, I believe this was the first what? time since the Giants and the Jets have won games on the same day since December of 2019. I believe it was. First time that's happened in almost two years. Yeah, good uh good job at doing their job, I guess. <laughs> good <laughs> good job showing up. <laughs> and then poor job to the Saints and Titans for just not showing up whatsoever. Yeah. And that's uh Saints are hot and cold, super hot and cold yeah. every week. You can't it's it's it seems almost impossible to pick what, what week is gonna be. So next week they should have a blowout win. Um, yeah. <laughs> Titans, that is just, I think, absolutely sad that, you know, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are that important to that offense that even with Derrick Henry running for almost 200 yards, uh, they still can't get it done because that offense struggles. The defense isn't that, I don't think, that great either. And for a defensive coach to, you know, have a, terrible defense it just seems questionable and i don't know but yeah good for the jets and giants yeah i'm not sure uh let's check on zach wilson's performance in this game because i am curious just real quick because i know Mm -hmm. we don't have a ton of time zach wilson 297 two touchdowns and an interception but it's a good day it's solid it's a good day yeah, Derrick Henry, 33 carries, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Still couldn't get it done. Woo-hoo! Too bad, so sad. Uh, the next <laughs> bad game I had was the Cardinals at the Rams. This is just because the Cardinals absolutely stomped these Rams, who are Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. Putting them in their place. 17 points they got mm-hmm. beat by. And it was A.J. Green who did it to them. Yeah. that's that A.J. So, Green. So, so bad for the Rams. It, and like besides that defense apparently struggling against his Arizona offense, which is surprising um, with AJ green doing that. Um, but I think Matt Stafford just looked so back to normal. Yeah. And it was like, he, it, the first few weeks, it seemed like he was like, just out there doing what he wanted. And the Cardinals apparently figured something out against the Rams. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a surprising win. For the score difference, but this seems like a typical NFC West kind of matchup, though. Yeah, I was just I was surprised, and maybe this doesn't happen the next time they meet up because, you know, the the Cardinals do perform better earlier in the season. That seems to be their mo. Yep. So this might change, but now they've pissed off the Rams, and the Seahawks (laughs) got to play the Rams on Thursday night. So thanks a lot for that, assholes. That's gonna. That's gonna be great, but I mean, this is the, I mean the car. This is obviously in the bad category because of the Rams. The Cardinals did well, good game. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk didn't even need to really play in this game because AJ Green was able to do what he was able to do. My issue is with the Rams, and this goes back to what I was saying in the offseason for this before we even started was mm-hmm. everyone's calling the Rams Super Bowl favorites, and yes, Matthew Stafford's better quarterback than Jared Goff, 
But this team has holes. Right. The running back position is meh at best. Yep. You know, the defense is obviously, you know, it could be t- it's probably top five in the league, maybe a little bit higher, top three, something like that. They're they're there. And then the but the wide receivers, you know, Robert Woods has been nowhere. It's all yeah. Cooper Cup. And if you cover up Cooper Cup, it's like oh, they got they can't where do you go? <laughs> right. And Tyler Higby has not been the tight end I thought he was gonna be this year. Yep. I got that prediction wrong. Call me mm-hmm. out. That's fine. But still, <laughs> and the offensive line is just this team is not as good as people were saying they were. And I'm not going to sit here and I was right. You're wrong. It's week four. All right. They could easily be fine. They probably will be yeah. fine. Yeah. But the holes are showing. That's mm-hmm. all. That's my point. Um, This could easily have just been a who cares one. But the Colts beat Miami 27 to 17. I think I put this in the bad because Miami is just that bad. Yeah, and the fact that they let a quarterback with two sprained ankles beat them. Two, two sprained ankles. Still can't believe that's a thing. <laughs> can't believe the guy really went out there and sprained both his ankles. Yeah, the defense, awful. The offense mm-hmm. has been... The offense just seems so disorganized for for the Dolphins. Yeah, no, really awful. And I, and I feel bad for Miami fans because they really thought they had it figured out. Like at the mm-hmm. end of last year, you, they really thought, like, man, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna figure this out next season. We're gonna compete with the Bills. Nope, 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 nope. Kyler Murray is just on a- NBA Jam fire <laughs> right now. That's kind of what he's like. He just, he just seems like he goes out there and just plays his own style of football. <laughs> Yeah. He goes out there and is just running around, his little toddler. Is this uh, like NFL street style? Yeah, he's like four foot seven, just like running around, slinging the ball. Yeah, he's just when when I watch him play football, it's like it's almost like any nothing else I've ever seen before, just because mm-hmm. he's so just he's a little bit sporadic, but he's <laughs> athletic enough to do that right now. Right, and he's he's making it work. Um, for the who cares games, if the, if your team is on this list, congratulations. Or better luck next week, basically, is the case here. Uh, the Ravens beat the Broncos 23-7. to The Broncos are who we thought they were. They beat shitty teams in the first three weeks. Uh, the Lions at the Bears. The Bears won 24-14. Yep. I, I really thought the Lions had something there, but the Lions are who we thought they were. Uh, the Browns at the Vikings. The Browns beat the Vikings 14-7. to Just a horrible game. I, was it raining or something? 14-7. to My God, that's awful. No, they're uh, in the Dome. They're in a dome. Yeah, fourteen. What the, fourteen to seven. Uh, yeah. How? That's, I like a, that's like a first half score. Come on. <laughs> Chiefs at Philly. Chiefs won forty-two to thirty. Tyree Kill got me forty-two points in fantasy. Philadelphia forgot that he played football and just apparently didn't cover him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers at the Packers. The Packers won twenty-seven to seventeen. Steelers are dead. Just their football team yep. doesn't exist anymore. There you go. Yeah. Congratulations or better luck next week. That's what we have for you. <laughs> And we're going to wrap up the show with some week five predictions. We have three games of the week and an upset pick for you. And then Durf has some Durf Stoppler to wrap up the show with a happy note. Obviously, yeah. we can't you can't say you can't have an on, on off the field show without a Durf Stoppler. You just can't. Doesn't exist. So <laughs> uh, let's flip. Do I have a coin to flip? I was going to bring one up to do this, but not. All right. Um, all right. I got this. It's a part time nerd keychain. That's heads. 
And this is tails. Heads or tails, Durf? Uh, tails. Tails it is. You get the first pick for game of the week. Oh, I get the first pick. First pick. You know, we never talked about this. Are we uh, not picking primetime games or are we, are we picking primetime games? Uh, I think we talked about it, but we didn't actually like enact it. We can if you want. We can do primetime games in its own little separate category. Or we can do that next week. I don't care. All right. I'm taking a primetime game then. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right now, all games are open right now. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's what That's what I... Uh... No, that, that that's, what, that's, that's what I meant, yeah. That's it. That was uh, your question? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to let this game sit there any longer, so I'm taking Buffalo at KC. Woo, buddy! Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is AFC Championship rematch. This is week five or six last year rematch when they were in Buffalo. Um, this is a game that I'm so excited for because i don't want to see sugar high josh i want to see a (laughs) calm collective josh allen with a run offense that can walk all over this defense and for canada for the chiefs because the chiefs defense is just not great they this is where you're seeing a very lopsided team i feel like for the for the chiefs where the offense has to carry the team so if you can slow down patrick mahomes this should be absolutely uh, a Bills win. I'm gonna say it's close. Uh, I think the over under is fifty six and a half. I think. Um, so I think I'll take the. I definitely think that should be an over on that one. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my pick of the week. Taking Buffalo. Taking Buffalo. That makes sense. <laughs> Are my first game? I will be picking cleveland at los angeles the chargers i think this game has firework potential we did just Mm -hmm. get didn't seeing the cleveland browns only score 14 against the vikings but both of them have pretty good defenses i mean i i think the cleveland's offense needs to take a major shift into the run game and get away Mm -hmm. from baker as much as you know as much as possible especially going against the chargers defense which gave Derek carr issues the entire night um, so I'm, I am going to take the chargers over Cleveland, but I think this game is just, it's superstar powered. Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, mm. Keenan. I could go on for days. It's the, both these teams are primed for the playoffs. So it's just going to be an early matchup of playoff teams. I love it. Yeah, no, that should be good. Um, so you're taking the Chargers on that one, okay? I am taking the Chargers. All right. Um, Sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> um, fourteen I'm points gonna... against the Vikings doesn't give me a lot of uh, no, a lot, it, a lot of hope in your favor. But... It, it seems like it's it, that's that's the Cleveland week that you need though, because now they're going to be back to high scoring points almost. It seems like kind of like the Saints, just kind of going back and forth. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like you get like three, four weeks and then Baker Mayfield has a, a, a lull of a game. And I think that's what we just saw. So there should be, I think Stefanski should make good corrections and you should see a better uh, Cleveland team there. But no, I like your pick for the Chargers there. So my number two, uh, I'm going to stick to another late game here. Um, similar to the four, the four o'clock slot, basically I'm going to take the 49ers at Arizona. Um, that's kind of a, it's an intriguing matchup for me because I really want to see, I really want to see Trey Lance out there. I don't want to see Jimmy G. 
Um, and I really am curious as to what this Cardinals offense will do against a 49ers defense. Um, and granted, we saw the Seahawks kind of put up some good points on the, the 49ers last week uh, in the second half, but uh, I think this 49ers defense just has a good amount of talent. Um, I'm curious if with a mobile quarterback who can really do the read options, how Arizona's defense really responds to it. Um, so I'm going to take the 49ers on this one. Want to, I want to, I want to take the Cardinals, but I'm feeling 49ers here. Spicy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Trey Lance too, just because I don't want to see Jimmy G literally die. Because we saw Chandler Jones tear apart, you know, a couple of non-mobile quarterbacks. Right. So if Jimmy G is just going to stand there coming off of a, a contusion. I, that That's not going to end up well. They need a mobile quarterback for this game. Absolutely. So hopefully, hopefully Trey steps in. Yeah. My next game is going to have to be, unfortunately. Now, I'm looking through this schedule. A lot of these games are, like, kind of iffy. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to have to take... Uh, our Thursday night game. All right. The Rams at the Seahawks, and it is in Seattle. And that might give them a little bit of an edge here. Mm-hmm. And Seattle played a good second quarter, finally. They put in Sidney Jones at corner instead of Trey Flowers, and he performed well. So the secondary kind of figured out how to play football. I'm, I'm, I don't want to. God, I'm taking Seattle. <laughs> a short week because i'm taking it because it's a short week you know if the yeah. rams had more time to figure out what went wrong in arizona mm-hmm. like if this was just sunday game i might be taking the rams but seattle especially russell wilson in prime time always does well most of the time does well right i mean jalen ramsey has always given seattle fits but you know alex collins and chris carson we talked about him a bunch i like it I just like it on a short week. It's very rare that I like Seattle on a short week, but this is the one. They're gonna they're gonna shock everyone. They're gonna tie the Rams at three, like four and one or three and two in the division. There we go, three and two. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be their turnaround. They're gonna start figuring this stuff out. Let's go, Seattle. There we go. I like it. Yeah, let's see what they can do on prime time for sure. Uh, so let's see my third game of the week. Uh, we're taking an early game here. Um, a little, I think it's a little shocker. I'm gonna take the Dolphins at Bucks. Um, it's a battle of Florida, and I don't know what's gonna happen here. It's uh, I I don't know. I just feel like we could see some iffiness out of Tom Brady here um, after last week, um, where the defense is kind of holding up for the Bucks. I think. Maybe the Dolphins can figure something out. Um, I think it's close for sure, but I'm intrigued by the game. Um, I think the Bucks will probably still end up winning this game, but this is a game matchup that I want to see uh, just because the Dolphins historically have always been kind of weird for Tom Brady. Um, and seeing he just played the Patriots, it's uh, he's probably he could be in a little little bit of a weird headspace, but we all know he's a he's a robot, so you know he deleted that browser history and uh, kind of moved on here. So, yeah, but I'm t- I'm gonna, I'm taking the Bucks over the Dolphins, but this is gonna I think this is gonna be a close game, uh, close game. 
Yeah, could be similar score, you know, like a 19 to 17, like weird kind of slow game for both teams where Miami has a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Never know. Um, and then my last game, I'm going to be taking the Saints at Washington. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to go ahead and say, <laughs> I just, my, my main reason for this is I would like to see Washington keep rolling. And I would also like to see their, their defense perform for once. They're at home against James Winston, who is obviously, as we've already discussed, goes back and forth with his talent level. This is supposed to be a good week for him if you literally do just go back and forth. But I think Washington needs to step it up. They're, Ron Rivera is going to look at that defense and go, guys, come on. This is the week. Slow down Kamara. Make Jameis throw it. And I think Washington can win this at home. I really do. I think they have this at home. I like it. I don't know if that's an upset or not. I don't know who they have winning that game, but uh, just for straight up, I'm taking Washington. All right. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think Washington at home, I think it's got a, it's got a good feel for Washington there over the Saints, the way the Saints were at home. And they're literally, they're literally their actual home opener, it seemed like, uh, and let the Giants beat them. So sad, sad ensues. Bad times. Uh, um, my, my upset yeah. pick, I already have it down. I don't know if you have one already. <laughs> I, I have it written down. Yeah. I'm going to take the Bengals over the Packers in Cincinnati. We've like seen it. the Packers have their struggles. We've seen the Bengals and Joe Burrow coming back to life. Mm. They're 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 fighting in these games. The defense is performing well. We've seen Aaron Rodgers already falter against lesser opponents when they lost to New Orleans. This is the week, man. The Packers have been on a roll. It's time to come back to reality. The Bengals mm-hmm. are going to take them. I like it. Uh, I definitely like it. That, I was I was actually considering that as my upset pick, and then I was like, hmm, there might be something better. Um, Ooh, something I better out there. I don't know now because I'm I'm really looking. So I'm looking at this Eagles Panthers game, but yeah. I don't know who's the favorite right now, and that's kind of. I think Carolina is the favorite because it's funny because that's the other one I was looking at as well. <laughs> So let me double check for you. Yeah, I was, I was trying to pull that up right now. So I, I would assume that Carolina's the favorite um, because they're at home. Where do they keep and... the betting lines on this thing? There you go. Carolina, three and a half point favorites over under 45. All right. So I, I like that matchup. So that's why I am taking the Eagles on this. Um, they they kept it close against the, the Chiefs. They were actually up on the Chiefs for a little bit there. And then the Chiefs did Chiefs things and kind of uh, put their foot down. But I like it for the Eagles to kind of get a little bounce back, you know, get this team rolling a little bit, and just go into Charlotte and just uh, put up a good fight against the Panthers. And I think it's very possible. Yeah, I think as long as Jalen Hurts takes care of the ball, they'll be fine. I mean, they, yeah. they were in that. I've already talked about it several times with my parents, at least who are Eagles fans. If he didn't throw those two pick sixes, I mean, that's a 14 point swing. Yeah. They lost by 20. That's only a touchdown. If they would have scored a touchdown instead of a pick six on one of those drives, they would have won that game. Yep. So if Jalen takes care of the ball against Carolina, yeah, I could definitely see that upset. It's a good pick. I like it. 
All right, round out the show with Durf Stoppler. Here we go. Cue the music. We don't have music. (laughs) All right, Durf Stoppler impacted games. There's only a couple this week. Uh, We're looking at the Saints at Washington, uh, possible shower during the game. Look, it's kind of iffy right now. It could be hit or miss. Um, but you know that could uh, that could impact some of the, the offense and defensive plays uh, for both teams. So keep an eye on that. Um, and then our battle of Florida, our battle of Southern Florida, uh, Miami at Tampa Bay. Uh, typical Florida weather. It's going to be hot and humid. So there's about a 51 percent chance right now of thunderstorms. Um, you know we get those pop up thunderstorms in Florida. You know we've all seen it here. So it's something to keep an eye on. Does it affect Tom Brady? Does it affect the Dolphins? They should all be used to it by now, but you never know. Could uh could get some interesting plays there. Um, and then the other, the last game here is in Florida as well with the Titans at Jaguars. Uh, same situation, hot and humid, thunderstorms possible. So a 51% chance of thunderstorms there as well. Um, could it be a rain game? Could be uh, dry as a bone, but... That is Florida weather for you. Hey, there's another upset possibly for you. I'm not brave enough to pick Jacksonville over Tennessee, <laughs> but maybe that, someone out there is. It is very possible. You never know you. that. That's a very possible game that could have the biggest upset ever. That's like one of those sneaky ones that I'm sure betters are looking at going. Oh, I'm sure. What if I just dropped 100 on that just in case? <laughs> just, just in case. Just because. All right, well, we are over our time. That's the picks. That's the recap. That's everything. That's the show, folks. Make sure you go over to Flagstick Golf and use that promo code OOTF for 10% off your purchase. It goes towards a good cause, all that. You know, they donate stuff. We went over at the beginning of the show, so that's our new little partnership we got going on. Hope everyone has a fantastic week. We'll see you next Tuesday because... Mama didn't raise no wussies. 